In early March, six months ago, a plane touched down at the airport in Baghdad, Iraq. It was carrying Pope Francis, the first pope ever to visit the country. It was also the Pope's first overseas trip since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. The Middle East is a difficult place to be Christian, and has been for many years. If you didn't know that much about Iraq, you could be forgiven for wondering if there are many Christians in the country at all. In fact, it's home to one of the oldest Christian communities on earth, far older than Islam. But it's a community that was driven almost to extinction in the past decade or so by the Islamic State. Of course, in choosing to take this trip, the Pope had to take into account significant dangers, one of them being the ongoing threat of COVID-19. Before and during the visit, many commentators worried that the large crowds that would surely come out to see the Pope might lead to a significant spread of COVID-19. Do you worry that the people who came to see you could also get sick or even or even die? At the time, church leaders, including Francis himself, who was vaccinated, were somewhat dismissive of reporters' concerns about the potential spread of the virus and insisted that the visit was worth it. To make matters worse, though, the threat of the Islamic State, the terrorist group that once vowed to behead Pope Francis, was still present, despite beefed-up security. Although at least one Iraqi militia group declared an official ceasefire for the Pope's visit, worries remained, at least at first. The U.S. Embassy issued a message on the last day of the Pope's visit, warning that, quote, extremist groups and regional actors have conducted destructive and sometimes lethal attacks against a variety of targets. Attacks may occur with little or no warning, impacting airports, tourist locations, transportation hubs, markets, shopping malls, and local government facilities. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, the visit turned out to be quite safe. In answer to many prayers, no attacks ever materialized. There's no question that Pope Francis's trip was historic and very well received by the country's Christians. But the question remains, what difference did the trip really make? In a country so divided between faiths, how much could one visit change that? This week on CNA Newsroom, we'll take a look at Iraq six months on from Pope Francis's visit to see what has changed and what hasn't. You're listening to CNA Newsroom, the podcast that brings you the people behind the headlines. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. After landing in Baghdad, the Pope met with a number of dignitaries, including the country's prime minister and president, along with many priests, seminarians, and religious. Of course, I was very happy. But uh, at the same time, I was a little worried about how this visit would succeed. This is Fadi George Denha, an Iraqi Christian who is very involved in his local church in the city of Kirkuk. Kirkuk is located in northern Iraq, about an hour south of the city where Pope Francis celebrated the final mass of his trip. Fadi himself made the nearly 7,000-mile trip to the 2019 World Youth Day in Panama, and he hopes to go to the next one in Lisbon in 2023. One of the things Fadi talked about was the importance of Pope Francis's visit to Ayatollah al-Sistani, 
who he described as Pope Francis's equivalent, but for Shiite Muslims. As you may know, the vast majority of the world's Muslims fall into the category of Shiite or Sunni. Most of the world's Muslims are Sunni, but Shiites dominate in countries such as Iran and certain parts of Iraq. On the second day of his visit, the Pope traveled by car to the city of Najaf and walked down a narrow, dilapidated street to the famous Muslim cleric's home. When the Pope entered, the 90-year-old Al-Sistani stood to greet him. This may not sound like much, but it was reportedly the first time that Al-Sistani had ever stood to greet a guest. The meeting was, it should help for, I think, 10 to 15 minutes, but... uh... It's the first time that Al-Sistani was sitting and talking for that 45 minutes. The meeting was one of the most talked about moments of Pope Francis's trip. Al-Sistani is one of the most influential leaders in the Shiite Muslim world and is believed to have played a critical role in the defeat of the Islamic State in Iraq as he urged all Iraqi citizens, regardless of their ethnicity or religious beliefs, to take up arms to defend their country in 2017. The Grand Ayatollah reportedly said during the meeting that he believed that Christians should be able to live in peace, a statement which reverberated across the Muslim world. March 6th was then established as Iraq's National Day of Tolerance and Coexistence, to be celebrated every year hence. The interreligious meeting was certainly historic, but has it made a difference? I was with him to visit Ayatollah Assistani, the, the supreme, uh, you know, Shiite authority, and the, the imam said something very important. He said, you are Christians, that means Christians and the Pope. You are a part of us, and we are a part of you. Cardinal Louis Rafael Sacco, the leader of the Chaldean Catholic Church in Iraq, recently gave a speech in Budapest at the International Eucharistic Congress. Many of Iraq's Christians belong to the Chaldean Church, which is an Eastern Catholic Church in full communion with Rome. We are not ashamed to say we are Christians. Sometimes here, you know, in the West, maybe people have no courage to say that we are, they are Christians. In his speech, Cardinal Sacco said that he has observed the way that the Pope's trip and his dialogue with Muslim leaders has already changed the atmosphere in Iraq. The Pope touches the hearts of all Iraqis by his messages, especially Muslims. And now something has changed in the streets, uh, you know, in the mass, the population. Christians have the, you know, very, uh, are, are proud of that, and now they, they are very appreciated also. And when he was speaking to respect each other, we are always, uh, all of, we are all brothers and sisters to live in dignity. Pope Francis visits, visits strengthens Christian faith, and renews their hope as well as filling them with uh, enthusiasm to rebuild the trust and cooperate with their citizens based on a national and spiritual fraternity. Archbishop Bashar Warda, who leads the Catholic Church in Erbil, isn't quite so optimistic in his assessment. Erbil is the capital of the Kurdistan region in the north and is situated just an hour's drive south of Mosul, which was nearly destroyed by the Islamic State. The, the statement of uh, Ayatollah was 
was also important, but uh, we've seen a lot of these uh, clerics and imams regretting, regretting what happened to the Christians. Yes, you are feeling sorry for what happened, uh, that, that ISIS really does not represent Islam, but none of you really have apologized for the victims. Of ISIS, and that's that's important in in a, in, a, in a sense. It's not it's not enough to just to feel sorry for what happened to the Christians. You need more of, of this uh, to acknowledge that what happened was an act of genocide. Still, Archbishop Barda had nothing but good things to say about the Pope's visit itself, and said that he hopes the visit will continue to provide momentum for the country's young Christians. What's been achieved before and during the visit was still uh, one of the momentum for, for us. And we hope that uh, the effect of this visit would continue, not just as a memory, but also uh, making uh, what we call a program uh, out of it. At the end of the second day, Pope Francis celebrated the Chaldean Divine Liturgy at the Chaldean Cathedral of St. Joseph in Baghdad. This marked the very first time a pope had celebrated this rite of the Mass. The pope said during his homily, Today I thank God with you and for you, because here, where wisdom arose in ancient times, so many witnesses have arisen in our own time often overlooked by the news, yet precious in God's eyes. Witnesses who, by living the Beatitudes, are helping God to fulfill his promises of peace. After the break, we'll hear from more Iraqi Christians about the most memorable and powerful moments of the Pope's visit and the impact they left. Stay with us. I'm Carl Bunderson, and I'm Managing Editor at Catholic News Agency. With school back in session, bringing with it drop-offs and pickups, I'm spending a lot more time in the car these days. When I'm not in the mood for folklore, I listen to CNA Newsroom. I like listening to CNA Newsroom because it helps me feel connected with other Catholics across the country through the stories of faith they share. CNA Newsroom is available on every podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you subscribe, new episodes will be delivered straight to your phone. It doesn't cost anything, and it's really easy. Just open your podcast app, search for CNA Newsroom, and tap the subscribe button. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, tap the plus sign in the upper right corner. Or if you don't want to use an app, you can even listen on YouTube. If you already subscribe to CNA Newsroom, leave us a rating and a review. That'll help new listeners find the show. And now, back to the episode. On his last full day in Iraq, the Pope visited the majority Christian town of Karakosh, which ISIS had occupied for two years, driving thousands of Christian families from their homes in 2014. It's a very important visit today for the Pope. I think that uh, it's a blessing for the uh, Iraqi population. They suffer a lot. The cathedral where the Pope celebrated Mass had only been rebuilt a few months before. ISIS had long since burned and looted it. 
The ideology of ISIS is based on the belief that all of their faiths are inferior to Muslims, thus targeting them for extermination. When the Syrian city of Raqqa became the capital of the so-called Islamic State, in Mosul, once the center of Iraqi Christianity, the celebration of Mass ceased for the first time in 1600 years. We had a very strong and uh, very alive community in, in Nineveh Plain. Uh, unfortunately, that attack uh, have made us lose around 5,000 families, left the country. As recently as 2003, there were about 1.4 million Christians in Iraq, but today there are fewer than a quarter million. I'm sure His Holiness, when he visited, he will visit Karakosh. He will be delighted to see that the community were able to go back. But Christians were exhausted, were really tired of, of until when. We were afraid, absolutely, yeah. But Jesus always give us this, like, uh, this hope and this strength that we can continue and go on. Rand Khalid is an accountant who lives in Karakosh and a Christian. Rand said growing up in nearby Mosul, her childhood was quite normal and quite happy. It was very, like, you know, adventures here in the town, you know, yeah, because it's a small town. It was a small town. Even it wasn't like that. It was very small town. But by the time Rand went off to college, things had gotten much more dangerous. Like my dad didn't allow me to go to Mosul because it wasn't safe at that time. So I had to study like accounting here in, in Hamdaniya because we had like a university here in Karakosh. We left the town before uh, the bombs, like the rockets uh, came here. But uh, we left like we were thinking about like we might uh, live only for three or five days and then we will come back again and these three days became like uh, three years. During that time we had like jobless and you know and homeless, we were like renting house and it was very difficult to, to, to be in this through all these things but it was also a great thing that to, to, to see like how, how Jesus will give you this strength and and how will you stand all these days like when I when I look back in these days I I, like, I can't imagine like, that we passed all these things and now we are here again and this is Baghdad again, this is Karakosh again, people are here again and you know, it's, it's, it's a big thing that when you, when you like, remember the bad days and now, in that time we couldn't imagine even that we're going to be here again and we're going to celebrate like Pops coming, it's, it's a huge uh, happiness. Ron says she has many Muslim friends and doesn't hate her Muslim neighbors. But it's hard not to be angry at ISIS for what they did to her home region. We can't hate everyone because one of them is doing bad things to us, yeah. Absolutely, we forgive them because, you know, we, we learned this uh, tolerance from Jesus. So who are we not to, not to forgive the others? Uh, absol uh, absolutely, we forgive. Also, like, um, we, we, we do sins daily. And Jesus always like he is forgiving us. So who are we not to forgive the other? And also, if we don't forgive people, we can't live with them. Especially in Nineveh, Nineveh have a lot of like identities here in, in in Nineveh itself. So it's very hard to live without like tolerance. It's very hard to live without forgiving others, because if you don't want to forgive, I think it's better to live if you don't forgive, because you're gonna see them every day. You're gonna deal with them every day. So it's very important to. Um, to forgive them so you can deal with them and we have this society cohesion together again. 
Fadi, the Christian from Kirkuk, said it struck him as significant that the Pope didn't only visit the capital city of Baghdad, but also made trips to smaller cities and places of significance to the Christian community. He visited Baghdad, he visited Nasiriyah city, he visited Najaf, meet with the Muslim, meet with all religions, he goes to Erbil, he makes the final mass there. One of the special things that Pope Francis made it in Iraq, it's like when he visited the ancient city of Ur. Ur being the traditional site of the tomb of Abraham, the father of the world's great monotheistic religions. The Pope met with a diverse group of religious leaders there. A meeting of different uh, religions took place there. Uh, the city of Ur, it goes back 7,000 years in history, and this is where it all began. It, this is the uh, uh, original place of uh, the father of all messengers of Allah, of God. Uh, this is where it all started. So to His Holiness's visit here not only brings attention to this very important place, historically and uh, uh, civilization-wise, but it also brings a very... Uh, uh, a very close perspective to people's minds that this is where it's all started it is the Christianity and Islam and I am really honored to have it in my country Iraq being Christian in Iraq is nothing like being a Christian in say Afghanistan Fadi told me although Christians do face some challenges to their faith in general Christians in Iraq are free to practice unlike in Afghanistan officially uh, there is no uh, specific challenge that can be mentioned now, but going to church or, for example, carrying the cross on the neck, there is no problem in that. Just to note that Fadi answered some of my questions via text rather than in speech, just so he'd be able to choose his words better. These are Fadi's words. I imagine the Pope's visit had much more impact on Iraq itself and the Iraqi people. As you know, Iraq has been isolated from the world because of wars since the regime before 2003 and the current regime as well. So imagine more than 200 international journalists and more than 500 local journalists talking about the visit of the Holy Father to Iraq. And this thing is very joyful. Fadi attended the final mass with Pope Francis at Franco Harari Stadium in Erbil. The stadium, which was packed with people, is named after Erbil's first Christian governor, who was assassinated in 2001. So I uh, participate of welcoming Pope Francis at the airport of Erbil, and then as well as the mass of the stadium of François Hariri as a photographer, uh, which enabled me to reach uh, His Holiness more closely and make also some video about that. Fadi said the Mass and seeing so many thousands of people excited about the Pope's visit filled him with a great sense of pride. During the Mass, the Pope blessed a statue of Mary, which had been desecrated by the Islamic State and recently restored. Pope Francis addressed the adoring crowds and said, Today, I can see at first hand that the church in Iraq is alive, that Christ is alive and at work in this, his holy and faithful people. Imagine, more than 10,000 Christian people uh, from Kirkuk, Erbil, Mosul, Adhok, uh, even Suleimania, 
uh, with all those uh, village that belong to those uh, city uh, sit gathering in one spirit to pray uh, for peace in Iraq. At first, I couldn't believe uh, what I saw on TV when uh, we saw that Pop's Pop's plane landing in our land. This is Ryan, a Chaldean Catholic who is also from Kirkuk, where he helps to run a Catholic youth group. Ryan was also at the Mass in Erbil, and he said he saw the Pope's visit break the barriers of religion and belief. He said he has observed some of his Muslim neighbors express more interest in Christianity than they did before. After this visit, after six months of visit, I see that it started some uh, dialogues, meetings, and meetings of opening uh, to uh, and introduce uh, some of cultures, uh, and some of Muslim peoples come to our church, and uh, they want to ask what we pray, what we are doing. And when we they see that there are no difference, we, you know, Iraq have uh, many religions and many cultures. Maybe the, m- many people, they didn't know they are Christian in Iraq. We need help to uh, give us a support, give us uh, uh, some uh, helps to, to make uh, Christian people stay living in Iraq and not uh, leave their land, not leave uh, their uh, history. There's a lot that can be said about the Pope's visit, and likely the effects of those historic couple of days will continue to be unpacked for years to come. We already are thinking about the anniversary for next year, what we would do really to make that uh, that important uh, visit as, as an event to be remembered always. In terms of whether the visit led to the feared COVID spike, it's hard to say. The data show that the number of confirmed cases in the country did rise slightly in the month after the Pope's visit, before easing back down again. In recent months, cases have risen in Iraq, as they have almost everywhere in the world, as the Delta variant becomes dominant. And again, COVID was far from the only danger, and events in recent months that have taken place in Iraq's neighbor two countries over have heightened fears of Islamic violence and instability. Christians and other religious minorities who are still in Afghanistan are fearing for their lives. There have been reports... Fadi and Archbishop Warda both said that Iraqis do worry about a U.S. pullout causing a similar collapse situation in Iraq to what happened in Afghanistan, which fell to the Taliban in August after U.S. troops left the country for the last time. One of the suicide attacks that took place in Afghanistan was carried out by ISIS-K, an ISIS affiliate active in the area, a devastating reminder that ISIS is still around and still dangerous. ISIS in Iraq is almost certainly scattered and weakened, but it's hard to defeat an ideology. And ISIS's ideology of repressive militant Islam remains attractive to many people. This was really a big worry is that uh, could be this is the fate of Iraq, that the U.S. would withdraw one day from Iraq and leave the whole uh, country just empty like that. But Archbishop Warda, like Fadi, is quick to point out that Iraq and Afghanistan are very different countries. No, it's not the same. Each country each country has its own really uh, demographical status. In fact, each country, uh, within the country, we have different, different mentalities and different cultures. You cannot treat all Iraqis the same. 
Iraq's multiculturalism and the predominance of moderate Islam in the country can provide some comfort that an Afghanistan-like scenario will not happen there, he said. Archbishop Warda also says there is one great source of hope for Iraq, the country's youth. His, his visit was uh, another opportunity for our young people uh, to give another example uh, about their dedication, their love for the church, and their love for the church to make the best that they can. Thanks in part to the Pope's visit, the papal charity Aid to the Church in Need has granted 150 new scholarships, totaling nearly $2 million, to students attending the Catholic University of Erbil, the school that Archbishop Warda founded. It was also later revealed that Pope Francis made a $350,000 donation to support local families affected by conflict and the pandemic. I know it's a long road ahead of us, but I do believe something is is is, uh, is sparking there, is, is moving there. Uh, the number of the students who are willing and want to come and study is important. With it, we will make sure that they will breathe Christianity, to know us closely, to, to have this dialogue of life once again there. And this is really uh, quite important because this, the atmosphere, the environment, and the whole, the whole uh, I mean, uh, project is about, about telling the, the, the Christian and also the people of Iraq how important for us uh, to be the educators. I, I do believe that our identity uh, now as a Christians uh, in Iraq lies in being learners and teachers. Being, I mean, our Lord said, go and teach. Go and teach the whole world. So uh, our ancestors found this as really a remarkable way of dialogue with, with, with Islam, with all other cultures, being educators. Because being educators is building a future. Perhaps the most enduring legacy that the Pope's visit left is not a visible change in the country, but rather an invisible one, a renewed hope in the hearts of Iraqi Christians. He was able to bring Iraq as a whole country to a joyful moment. He was the only way, one who was able to unite Iraq from, from the north to the south, uh, being welcomed by all Iraqis. And this would show that uh, the power of peace and love uh, and gentleness would always overcome all the hatred, sectarianism, everything. Because the, the power of being good, being good to all, uh, it's, it's really uh, quite effective. He was not just humble, but decent and honest in the way that he approached everyone and made, made everyone smiles in, in a way and that's 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 what we need christianity uh, in this country is a historical one uh, started early, as early of the second century uh, we are church of the martyrs we also are part of the of the big catholic church uh, we would like also to contribute i would like to see my community as a really uh, what we call a dynamic community, effective community, a creative minority in, in a sense, not, uh, and this, we cannot do it alone.
So we don't want to uh, erase the history of uh, Christian in Iraq. We want to rebuild it. And uh, so, so that's what we need. We need to they pray for us to have uh, more uh, stability here in Iraq. Every day I listen it when he say uh, in the in the last mass in Erbil, he say now it's the moment to return to Rome. Uh, this what make 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 me cry when he say Iraq. It will always be in my heart. Malirak, rimarrà sempre con me nel mio cuore. When he say that I am going, everyone in the in that stadium, he say no, please don't leave us, stay with us. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Jonah McKeown. I produce and edit this show along with our executive producer, Kate Oliveira. A very special thanks to Fadi George, Archbishop Warda, Ran Khalid, to Ryan, and to Colm Flynn for providing a lot of audio from the Pope's visit. Please pray for our brother and sister Christians in the Middle East. See you next week.